Welcome to Tice Talks, where we talk all things faith and family. Today's guests have been friends of our ministry for over two decades. Pastor John and Linda Wilkerson serve as the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, as well as the chancellor of Hiles Anderson College. Together, they have nine children and have served in ministry for over 33 years. And I said Pastor and Mrs. Wilkerson serve as the senior pastor. No, they, that, that's correct. You want to you correct that and make it doctrinally right. <laughs> So, so we do, though I'm sure she has some major influence on Pastor on Pastor Wilkerson. Yes. Somebody said that the man is the head of the home, but she's the neck that turns the head. Yes, I can agree with that. So we're so glad to have you with us here today. Brother Wilkerson, you pastor the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, and that that ministry has had a major impact on my life. I I uh, went to church all my life. Nobody ever told me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven. I committed my life to the Lord under the preaching of a Pentecostal preacher named uh, named uh, David Wilkerson. And uh, David Wilkerson uh, had a major international ministry called Teen Challenge. Sure. He'd come here and he preached. And um, when he uh, then there's no relationship there at all. Not to my knowledge. Okay. I've had the joy to to meet him on two occasions, okay. but I didn't get a chance to ask him that question. I wanted to find out. I say meet him. I was in the same room with him. I tried to get to him, uh. and I, he was too far away, and <laughs> I had to go one time. But I did go to his funeral service. Oh, is that away. right? I didn't know that. I was able to be there on, in New York City at that time. They shut down the street in front of his church, at Times Square Church, and but. Um, Definitely, there are some things that are probably a little bit different than we would believe, sure, but at sure. the same time, he had a passion for people and a passion for the gospel. Well, well Very he, prophetic. He came out here, preached when I was a teenager. I went to go hear him preach because I'd read his book, The Cross and Switchblade, and I thought, man, this guy talks about God like he's real, and I wanted to hear him. So he went, and when I went there, the place was jammed with kids. There was no room for me, the usher said, there's not there's not a seat. He said, you can stand here with me. He said, oh, no, no, there's a seat. And he marched me down the aisle up into the <laughs> choir loft, and I sat in the choir loft as David Wilkerson preached on the terrors of the tribulation, talked about every bad thing that was going to go on in the tribulation, then told us that after that we got the privilege of going to hell. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I'm committing my life to the Lord. The, the problem was nobody sat and gave you the gospel. In a service like that, oftentimes they just say, everybody come and you just do whatever, get right with God. So I left there. I was invited later to an independent Baptist church, the only independent Baptist church in Las Vegas at the time. And when I went over there, uh, I, I, I thought, man, this preacher's on fire for the Lord. He's excited about the Lord, and they're singing songs, and they're not doing any of the other things like the laying on of hands and speaking in tongues. And I thought, I really love this. There's exciting music, good, solid preaching. And I didn't know what good, solid preaching was. I just meant, It just meant to me that was in, they were enthused about the things of God. So I thought that was great. And then I thought, I really want to do this. I want to tell other people about Jesus, but I didn't know how to tell people about Jesus. So somebody handed me two cassette tapes called Let's Go Soul Winning by Jack Hiles. And I listened to those tapes and I learned how to lead other people to Christ. And while I was learning, while I, while I was leading others to Christ, I thought, I've never done this. 
I have never done what I'm telling other people they need to do to get saved. So listening to that convicted me of my need of asking Jesus to save me. And then while I was listening to a preacher called J. Harold Smith preach a message called God's Three Deadlines, after putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, thinking, I've got to be saved. I'm telling other people how to be saved. I've got to be saved. I thought, I'm going to make sure of this. And then I I actually went to somebody I I had... taught how to lead people to Christ, which I had learned from those tapes. I taught how to lead someone to Christ. I said, I want you to lead me to Christ. <laughs> and that's where I settled my salvation experience. So, so the ministry that you're involved with has had a major impact on my life. And then God allowed me to get to, get to know you some 20 years ago. And, and then just watching your life, your life has impacted my life just to it's just been thrilling people ask me uh, about who they should have as a family life conference speaker i always recommend you and linda because you have you've got just the a spirit of of love and grace that just exudes from you both and your family love the lord and you're just a great example family so i'm glad that you're on here because our podcast family is a family, and I would love you to just share your story. Uh, you're with us here for our missions conference this week, uh, but uh, just tell us the story. Tell us how. Tell us the story that you told our church yesterday about how you uh, came to know Christ, how your father and your grandfather, and all of that. It was just an amazing story. Well, thank you very much, uh, Brother Tice. Linda and I love you, Miss Anna, and your family, and. Your spirit is very contagious, and it's been an, an instrument of God to challenge us, and we're so glad. Thank you for letting us join your podcast today. And Linda was raised, and we're both of our parents were first-generation Christian. Her mother is deaf, and her dad is hearing, and, and uh, they uh, started attending church as young people, got saved and as a young couple, and then um, the Lord began to challenge uh, them to continue to continue going on Sunday night and Wednesday night services was not something they would normally do. And by the way, if you're listening, boy, get to church every time you possibly can. And and uh, there was a Lee Robertson who'd said, you know, it takes three services a week to thrive. Yeah. You know? I think it probably in this day and age takes three to survive <laughs> yeah. and, and go every day if you can. But I think it's great. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so glad that her mom and dad came to know Christ and influenced her for the gospel when she was just eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got saved. And I'm so grateful. And uh, But for my personal testimony, it started back with a little Sunday school teacher in Knoxville, Tennessee, My dad and his little brother, Doug, were raised with a dad and mom who had very much dysfunction. Tarot cards and crystal balls were on the front porch. Occasionally, his aunts and uncles would come over. Mom was an alcoholic, and no doubt her life um, um, had some deep hurts, and she tried to drown them in alcohol. uh, But um, sad situation. But he, he and his brother just didn't want to be, it was hard to be home when mom was intoxicated. So they would keep themselves on the streets. And what we did not know, but what God knew is that a pastor gave a little man a Sunday school classroom and said, he said, look, if you, uh, if you would please uh, want to be a Sunday school teacher, take this room and you can put as many kids you want to there. And I'm so glad he wasn't satisfied to have two or three kids. He, and it's going to take work to start a Sunday school ministry. And he did. And he would spend his time scouring the neighborhoods, trying to find boys in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. 
And uh, one day he approached my dad and his little brother, Doug. They were 11 and 10 at the time and invited them to come to a Sunday school class. They went a few weeks and they noticed that he would send the big boys to send the church, send the boys to big church after his lesson. He always had a prepared lesson. My uncle told me, he said, he said, your dad and I, it was a blessing to go to that little class because he would prepare. And then he would send us to big church, but he put a little folding chair in the corner, put another folding chair uh, uh, facing that. And Every week, he would tap one of the boys on the shoulder and say, Let, let's talk to you after, after the big boys go to church. I want you to stay back. And he would turn his little chair to them and open a Bible and say, let me talk to you and show you how to be saved. Isn't that great? It's wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful. And when I hear that, I just get, I get the fuzzy wuzzies, you know. <laughs> I start thinking, thank God for that little man. I don't know him. I don't know his name. My uncle couldn't remember his name. He said, he said John, just a little guy, but he loved us. And one day he got your brother, your dad, and he said, uh, Richard, do you know you're saved? He says, no. And he took his Bible, turned around and showed your dad how to be saved. And your dad came out of that, uh, that class on fire. He just like, Douglas, I'm saved. I'm saved now. I'm going to heaven. I'm, I know I'm forgiven. And, and uh, he went home and mom was intoxicated. And she said, you can't get saved. You got to be 12 to get saved. Everybody knows the Bible says that, you know. And That's she didn't funny. know. And he said, no, Mama, I'm saved. I'm saved. And he said, uh, he, my uncle told me, he said, I couldn't wait. I told that. I told him, tell him to tap me on the shoulder. I want to get saved. And the next week or the week after he did and told my uncle, and my uncle was a faithful deacon for many years. And my dad, take that experience of salvation. And after he got out of the army, he started going back to church. And, and uh, then we'd eventually meet my sweet mom, uh, Janelle. Uh, Wilkerson, her name was Benson. She was from San Angelo, Texas, and they met. And my dad, um, you know, he he was raised in a very a lot of dysfunction. And and I didn't understand this growing up, but he had happy feet. He couldn't kind of stay still, and had a little bit of problem with just relating to other people. Sometimes was very strong on matters that probably were not as important, but he was strong on, and it kind of gave us a chance to move around. But wherever we moved, my dad. Uh, would get us in a good church like Liberty Baptist, and he would, he would, we would be there before the janitor would open up the door, you know. Mm. And and uh, God gave my mom and dad six children. And I was the first one, John, and then they had another bro- another brother named Matthew, and then Mark, and and then we had Luke. And so we got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I joke around and tell people we have we have three four boys, and then we have two girls, Acts and Romans. But really, <laughs> their names are Jana and Mary. And, uh, so I, I'm not the only one that has to use that joke. My all my brothers use it too. I think and, uh, we uh, have a great time with that. But my dad turned his attention. He wanted to be in full time Christian work, and was he was a pastor for about four years, and just got overwhelmed with the pressures, the inadequacies, the satanic oppression, the bullies and critics, the challenges. And Isn't that amazing? It's amazing that people want to give their heart totally to the Lord, but there's always that outside source. And we need to realize that it's not the people that Satan is using, it's Satan that's our enemy, yes. and there's constant battle. That's true. Yeah, that's and, so and true. We, uh, we, a lot, we talk to a lot of pastors, and pastors are discouraged, and because, and, and, 
And Satan would like us to focus on it's those people. No, it's not. It's Satan who's using, Satan can use good people to discourage us. Definitely. So anyway, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. that's so true. And um, and uh, I think we have to realize that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. And Satan will do use anything at his disposal to hurt us. And But I'm so glad that my dad just continued, though he was hurting and sometimes frustrated, he kept us in good churches with good pastors. And thank God for those Sunday school teachers, Christian school teachers, so many dedicated people that are, have invested and packed our lunches so that we could give them to the Lord, you know? And I'm very grateful for that. It's amazing. You, you pastor a multifaceted ministry. You are the chancellor of Hiles Anderson College and the pastor of, of um, First Baptist Church Hammond. Uh, but you were t- we were talking about the fact you have a you have t- tell us about the different ministries that you're involved in. Well, I'm so blessed to be at the place that I was surrendered to serve the Lord at a youth conference there. I showed up when I was 18 and went to um, the Hiles Anderson College. That's where I met Linda. She came the year after I came, and I just followed her around the campus until she caught me. And, <laughs> and, and, and uh, That's great. I am so grateful for that. And yeah. Now we've had the joy to serve the Lord. But I was away from First Baptist. This church in Hiles Ennis for 23 years serving Christ as a school teacher and 13 years as a pastor when the Lord let me come back. And um, of course, in 1887, 135 years ago, First Baptist Church was started. It's the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. And and, uh, and that's right out of Chicago. I, right across the border. Yeah, yeah. so you're, you're I, I didn't realize that when I was a kid. I, then I went there, and I thought, oh, this is Chicago. It so you're is. basically right in the Chicago we're, we're area. three blocks from the state line, yeah. and uh, Chicago's just across the border there. And but then, when Chicago was closed down, you were able to stay open as, during the yeah, pandemic. We did. we did. Because you were across the state line. We opened our, our buildings. We did have to um, go down to 10 person per room and just go through some some challenging seasons there but the lord was very merciful to us we always kept our doors open but uh, had to go to during the pandemic some you know some unfortunate frustrating things but we learned some things yeah. through that too and you know, i remember when 2021 came along the first sunday of 2021 i said uh, boy i am so glad to see 2020 in the rearview mirror here this yes, has been yes, crazy yeah but i said if you've been saved in 2020 and you've Follow the Lord in baptism, or you, you're uh, you're growing the Lord. Would you please stand? And boy, to see about seventy adults stand up in the auditorium, I thought, well, it was a good year for you. Well, praise <laughs> you know? the Lord. That's right. And when people come to know Christ as their Savior, you know, really, um, God God has great ability to make a mess a miracle and to draw a straight line with a crooked stick. He just knows how to accomplish His work. And sometimes when we see opportunities people we tend to look at, at obstacles and then other people when they see obstacles they see opportunities and yeah and i appreciate that about you brother tice right here in the city of las vegas and but what a great vibrant thing that has that has been uh, planted here and continued and i rejoice with that you mentioned last night that uh, you were just recently talking about your si- your brothers and sisters, or six of you, and yes. they all love the Lord and they all serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of um, families that listen to our podcast, 
And a lot of people have experienced, I know we it's a hot topic now about church hurt, and it kind of sounds like that's what your your dad would have experienced as the pastor having. What do you think as a kid that grew up with brothers and sisters who are continually serving the Lord, what do you think it was that your parents did to not allow that bitterness to go into your heart and to the hearts of your brothers and sisters, because that transfers a lot into, and that's where you see kids that they they have nothing to do with church because, oh, I was hurt by the church, or sure. I was, and there's a lot of blame cast. What do you think that was? Charity, that is a great question, and it's very unfortunate. I mean, uh, the church is not perfect. You know, God gave us his word, he gave us his spirit and he gave us his body, the local church. And successful Christians are going to be faithful to the word of God, responsive to the spirit of God and involved in the church of God. You know, God, uh, he, he didn't make us lions, tigers and bears. Oh, my. He made us sheep and sheep need to be together. And the, but the secret of that is, is the word of God is perfect. The spirit of God is perfect. The church of God is not perfect. If you ever find a perfect church, do them a favor. Don't join it because right. <laughs> you're right. going to mess it up. Yeah. yeah. The church is made up of people. And I think uh, we have to put our big boy britches on and understand, look, uh, the church isn't perfect, but it's still God's plan. Hmm. And there's going to be problems in the local church. And um, I don't want to be unkind to people, but the truth of the matter is uh, we've seen our share of problems. I've been to some business meetings when I was a kid in the very churches that were very unfortunate. And you saw humanity at its worst in the local church. But I'm telling you, every blessed thing that's ever happened in the life and times of John Wilkerson, and I think anybody who serves the Lord, it's, you, can, you can tip your hat to the local church. Yeah. It's the pillar and ground of truth. Uh, you know, a church's job is to protect and to propagate truth. And if you can have a church that does that, you're in a good place. And I think sometimes uh, we we uh, we struggle with that. But I'll tell you what my mom and dad did, Sherry, to answer your question. I think uh, there were problems sometimes, but I feel like that my mom and dad were real. And, you know, the Bible says, fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. And nothing quite frustrates a child more to them than hypocrisy. <laughs> I think that we may not be real good, but we need to be real and we need to be we need to be genuine. And uh, it was Apostle Paul who said in 1 Timothy 1, 5, he said, now the end of the commandment, when it's all said and done, here's why I gave you the Bible, is so that you'd have charity out of a pure heart. You'd have a clean conscience and have faith that is real. Mm, and good. I think really uh, my parents had a love that was genuinely for God and for others. They had a, when they were wrong, they admitted it and quit, quit it. You know, they, they confessed it. I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong, son. I shouldn't have acted that way. And, and uh, I'm grateful for the humility and the honesty to pursue holiness. And then I think my mom and dad uh, had a faith that is real. They weren't, they weren't, we always weren't real good, but we tried to do the right thing. And mm -hmm. I felt like my mom and dad did that. And Authentic. Oh, yeah. Don't you mm -hmm. think that's one of the most attractive yeah. things that people can give mm -hmm. This world is not is authentically not, living bad. I'm doing, no. I'm, you yeah. do you. It's authentically, hey, I did wrong. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit and do what's sure. right now. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think people good at making excuses why they don't go to church or why they upset by that or, mm -hmm. you know, really not good at anything else. You know, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah. that, you know, we just need to stop making excuses and realize that. Uh, and then sometimes we, we get 
people go to extremes. They find something that hurt them and, and they push back so far away from that mm. that it's detrimental to themselves, to the kingdom of God, and certainly to their posterity. I think when that happens, you have the same spirit that hurt them is now hurting them again because that extreme, I mean, it's, 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 it's the a sin that hurt and now it's the bitterness that is sin and pride that's hurting again. So that's amazing. Well, I would, getting back to what I was going to say a little while ago, you, you have this multifaceted ministry, which means you have people serving in your ministries that are, that are, that in, in every area. And every one of those people are so, so important. You probably have hundreds, would you sure. say, yeah. of people that are on staff or or, um, or yeah, volunteer? volunteer people on staff. And then we have, of course, every one of our folks go through, you know, a vetting process as they become active in service. And, and we need to do more of that, I think, because every member ought to be a minister. You know, yeah. every saint ought to be a servant. You know, there's no reward for well done, now good and faithful spectator. You that's know? Right. So, that's the you truth. Know, we, we've got that's to be finding good. some form of service. So, yeah, but, you know, Pastor, I think it's so good that, um, that every Christian be engaged in some sort of ministry. And but um, you know that's sometimes challenging, and it comes with it comes with the work. You know the the ministry is work, and and a lot of times whenever we find a work in our wake, we want to get away from it. But the truth of the matter is that that uh, God requires us. He Jesus said, "I must work the works of Him who sent me." While His day, the night cometh when no man can work. So every one of us are, have got places of service. I love the fact that it was a Sunday school teacher Amen. two generations ago sure. that impacted your life and then, or your father's life, and then your, and then th- that impacted your life. And then all around us, we have people. Today, we had our, our missions banquet here at Liberty Baptist Church, and there was just, I don't know how many, dozens and dozens of, families that that got involved in yes. making that what it was today every area of service is absolutely essential and it's eternal yeah it's eternal you know it's eternal and you want to do something for god and and uh if you have a sunday school class decide you know what i'm not going to be content i want to enlarge my enrollment in this class if if god's giving you something be aggressive about the things of uh of god i think that's that's a great admonition Linda, what we've you've sat and listened to us talk back and forth, but Linda Wilkerson is with us as well. Tell us a little bit about your testimony. Tell us about your background. Okay, well, I grew up in a Christian home. I've got three siblings, uh, two sisters and a brother. I'm the youngest of four, but uh, my mom is deaf. She was about five years old, and she went deaf. And uh, and but my dad is hearing. But my first language, my A language, would be sign language. Is that right? With my hands. That's amazing. I can probably communicate better with my hands than my my voice, my my uh, vocabulary. Just well, your A language. Well, you with know? your mom, being sure. that's of course the first teacher. Well, I'm Italian and Lebanese, and therefore I talk a lot with my hands too. <laughs> sure. So. And uh, well, our, my salvation came about. We grew up in a home that went to church and very faithful, like Sunday mornings. But that was the extent of our commitment. And uh, when, I don't know, I was probably eight years old, one day my dad walked out the door on a Sunday night, and I was like, where are you going, Dad? And he said, I'm going back to church. But, you know, I was like, there's church at night, too? Oh. And, uh, but my, he, he, I just said, can I go with you? And he thought a minute, he goes, sure. 
and I and I'd gone with him. My motive was probably I didn't want to go to bed early. I yeah. <laughs> just go with dad. But that Sunday night, so typically on a Sunday morning, we would sit in the very front row so that my dad could interpret, you know, looking facing toward my mom. And uh, and then her and her girlfriends would be there in the front. So we'd be right in the front row. But that Sunday night, we sat in the very, very back in a in a complete packed church auditorium. And uh, I don't re- can't recall everything that was said. I had my little bulletin and I was writing all through it. But at the very end of the service, when we went to pray, uh, I recall him, you know, just specifically saying, and if you don't know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die, you can know that for sure. Raise your hand right now. And as an eight-year-old timid, I just kind of raised my hand thinking that was going to do it. That was enough, <laughs> raising my hand. But afterward, he encouraged us to come forward. And um, my dad was sitting beside me, but he had his, he had his um, posture forward, and I had, I had that one obstacle to get around him. And then the other obstacle of the crowded church. And then to be on my own coming down that aisle. Just remember feeling with all the emotion, you know, going, I want to do this. I, I want to accept. I want to know. I want to have that settled. I want to have the peace that everybody else has wow. here. And the pastor's wife took me to his, her office and, and uh, led me to Christ that night. Well, praise the Lord. I wish I could tell you I grew by leaps and bounds at eight years old, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until I got older and a junior in high school, I got to go to a youth conference. And then I would say that was my day of surrender. Right. The day of salvation was probably at eight years old, but the day of surrender was at a youth conference where I just wow. said, Lord, I know you have me, but I have you, but today you have me and whatever that means. Wow. I'm committed to that. But that was when I got saved. Well, that's great. And then you guys met, you said, in at uh, Hiles Anderson at Bible College. Yes, sir. And uh, both both having having a desire to, to be in ministry together. Yes, sir. And... Uh, yeah, the Lord was so good to me, Pastor Tice, when he let me uh, let me get married to Linda, and I love her, and she's been such a great uh, uh, help me. She's just helped me every day, and I'm so grateful and a sweet sweet example of a wife and mom, and and uh, just a great servant of Christ. Now you have nine children. Tell us a little bit about them. Well, our nine kids. We have seven boys and and two girls. Our oldest being Tyler, and he's now with the Lord. Derek would be our next married. He lives here in Long Beach. He serves at the same church that we were at the 13 years as oh. he was senior pastor. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, That's neat. So neat. It is. Oh, it's an extra wow. blessing. Of course, when we moved, he moved with us. Yeah. But then he finished college there at Hiles Anderson, came back here to intern, mm-hmm. married his high school sweetheart, a little Filipina girl, and wow. Jillian. Oh. We love her, and uh, they serve here in Long Beach. Wow. And then Preston's next, and um, he went through Hiles Anderson, met his sweetheart in high school, uh, Ruby Woosley, now a Wilkerson, and they gave us our first grandbaby, little girl. And they're they're right there in Crown Point, serve at the college. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Lydia, our first girl, after we had those three boys, uh, we had Lydia, and she met her husband there at college, married Phil um, Dale, and they are now serving there at... um, What's the, what's the name of the church? Steve Russ's church. Faithway Baptist Church, I think, in Evansville, Indiana. Yes. Okay. And she makes a sweet wife and a mom. She gave us our second granddaughter. Ah. And, um, so how far away is that from you? About four hours and 40 minutes. Oh. <laughs> door to door. My, <laughs> my, that is it. My, my son said my dream is to have all of my kids live in the same zip code. Oh. Well, I, I don't get that fulfilled dream, but, but it is. That'd be a dream come true. But go mm-hmm. ahead. I'm sorry. Then we have Drew, and Drew's at Hiles Anderson, and he met a sweet girl, Lindsay Warren from Tennessee, and they're dating, they're courting, and we Aww. probably see wedding bells so shortly. Aww. Okay. They're doing great. 
uh, Coleman. He's 19. He works at the church mm-hmm. where we are, First Baptist in Hammond. And, um, and then we have our three that are still at home under mm-hmm. uh, you know, our roof. Uh, that would be Judson, Mason, and Lacey. Two in high school, and then Lacey is our baby girl. And we had Lacey today helping out with the children's ministry, and she is so, so good with the kids. She loves children. super sweet. She she was a a big help today. Mm -hmm. It's fun to see them just progress and go on to serve Christ, just like the the children that God's let you uh, raise, Brother Brother Tice. It is great. It's great to watch your children grow up and serve the Lord and live for the Lord. That's wonderful. Now, it if is. our listeners wanted to know more about your ministry and college, what what would be they what, what would they look up on the internet? What what, what can they do? What yeah. is your website? Uh, well, the church website is fbchammond.com and then of course the uh, college website is howsandersoncollege.edu. And, so uh, if you're looking for a good college to attend, a Bible college, that's that's a great, and you're looking in the Indiana area, mm-hmm. or if you're looking for a church, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I would look for a good Bible preaching church, um, that's where you would go to. It's a wonderful place, and it's not perfect, and I oftentimes say the biggest room in that church, we do have a 7,000 seat auditorium, but... Torum, but the you know the the uh, in my opinion the biggest room in that church is not the auditorium it's the room for improvement <laughs> there's lots of things that need to be made better for sure but mm-hmm. I'm so glad that God allows us to serve there and and just to see new friends be made on a regular basis because of the gospel of Christ and brother Tice I just want to say again you know God gave us a lot of things when He let us be saved He gave us eternal life forgiveness of sins peace with God. But I'm so glad he's given us friends in this lifetime. Isn't that something that you just look back on and you just see so many sweet connections that come because of the person of Jesus? That is. That is so true. And and, uh, there's some people that when you see them, you just take up where you were the last, what did I time? Last time I saw you was about five years ago. I don't know. But it's so good just to see you again and to be able to have you with us and and uh, to to enjoy the friendship, it is wonderful. You know, uh, we'll spend eternity with Jesus in heaven yeah. and with each other. Sure. Uh, but uh, it's great to have friends on this earth because it's an encouragement. Yeah. So, in the Hebrews chapter ten tells us we ought to consider one another, to provoke each other, um, to love and good works, and challenging people around us to love God and others more and do more for God and others and. And you are doing that through this podcast. Thank you for allowing us to be extensions of your uh, your ministry. Well, thank you so much. Thank you both for being with us today. I want to say this: I have some I have some CDs of uh, of my of a Family Life Conference CD that was done here. That, that was done here. Ago. Yeah, uh, and it I did I just listened to it, and it's really good. <laughs> well, most of them are good. There's two of me on there, and then there's there's two of or three of Pastor Wilkerson, one of Matthew, and two of Mrs. Wilkerson on there. And so, uh, if if, if you'd like to get that, and you've heard this podcast, you can just write to us, and we'll send you a copy of that, and you'll be you able can to be ministered to. Contact us at com. and if you just go on there and you send the email to us requesting that, um, our are we charging for that? We're going to be no, giving that away. We're just going to give that away okay. if you if you call, or or if wow. you write, if you do that. Yeah, generous. that that is a wow. That is, <laughs> it's an amazing. That's that really is great. 
It's been a miracle Dad day. Giving things away. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to manage, people. This is the things that I have to manage. <laughs> I'm supposed to stop things like this. <laughs> I just was listening to that on the way back from California, and I listened to four hours of it, and it was really good. And I thought, well, others ought to be able to hear this, and so you'll be able to be ministered to more by the Wilkerson's, and I think it'd be a blessing to you. So. Uh, we are glad that you the tuned in. The only thing that we're going to charge them is a subscription. They need to hit subscribe on the button of the podcast. That's <laughs> what they need to do. Subscribe and share and you can get your free DVD. <laughs> or no, it's not DVD. It's, it's a CD. CD. Okay. Yeah. So subscribe to your this podcast and share it with somebody. And then you can get your free CD. Okay, great. <laughs> well, listen, we are so glad you turned in, uh, tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that uh, this has been a blessing to you. Remember, this is Tice Talks. And it's more than a conversation.